why doesn't our mindset work work? Right? I'm going to go deep into exactly why our traditional mindset tricks and hacks and strategies that we've been taught by our certifications and our mentors and our gurus are not actually working for our clients and what you should be doing instead for you to get really deep into their subconscious and help them to evoke change where it really matters. Hi, I'm Laura, host of Expand, the podcast for coaches who crave more fulfillment in the work that they do, more meaningful results in the clients they serve, and more confidence to rebel against the traditional boxes our coaching industry has placed us in so we can expand into the bigness of what we're truly capable of. When you're ready, let's jump right in. As nutrition coaches, some of the most common mental blocks we come up against are our clients' poor relationship with food, their really negative internal dialogue, the way that they use food to cope in their life, to numb themselves from feeling things like fear, stress, limitation, anxiety, everything that feels heavy and negative, they reach for food to cope with. And what we're what we're doing when we try and impose mindset work into our programs is essentially we're trying to get rid of or erase or diffuse or dissolve all of these negative patterns that they've adopted to sort of use food to move through these really hard things in their life but what we're not realizing is that traditional mindset work isn't going deep enough. We're taught to use things like gratitudes, affirmations. We're taught to tell our clients to put sticky notes with intentions for the day on their mirror and to practice mantras in the car and to meditate and to move their body, right? And while all of these things are really powerful and really, really important in the bigger picture, when we're trying to diffuse or dissect or get rid of negative patterns that are pushing our clients to react with food, to cope with food, to numb out with food, these things aren't gonna cut it. Why, why is that? The reason why is because when whatever situation it is they find themselves in that they are reaching to food to cope from or numb themselves from, when that happens, our brain has already told us what that situation means to us. It learned it years and years ago when it, we first came across that situation, right? We established a meaning for what that situation holds to us uniquely. So when that situation presents itself, our brain is already firing a pathway to react to that situation, likely how we've been taught to react to that same situation over the course of our life. And ultimately, the main job of the brain is to keep us safe. It's to keep us comfortable. It's to keep us status quo the same, right? So it's no surprise why when an uncomfortable situation arises and we automatically attach meaning to it that this situation is threatening, this situation is unsafe, this situation creates fear and anxiety, and I need to get away from it as fast as possible, that we reach for food automatically because that is one of the fastest ways to create an escape for us, an illusion of an escape, a temporary escape, right? So it's not surprising that we reach for food so often in many situations in our lives when we don't like what we're experiencing or we wanna change what we're experiencing because eating changes that experience really fast. The thing about it is that once you attach meaning to this situation, 
We also then think thoughts and have beliefs about what that meaning means for us, right? We have thoughts about it. We start to tell ourselves stories. And what those stories do, what those thoughts do, what those beliefs do, is they create a cascade of emotion. Those thoughts are required in order for us to feel something, right? Those thoughts tell us what we should be feeling. So there's this whole pathway that happens before we ever decide to eat. The situation presents itself, we attach meaning to it automatically, we think something about that situation or about that meaning, we feel something because of what we thought, and then we choose to eat. But what, what the, the strategies that you've been using to fix their mindset are doing are meeting them over here at the, at the stage where they're already choosing to eat. We're trying to tell them to use affirmations and to use gratitudes, right? We're trying to tell them to use sticky notes on their mirror and to come back to a daily intention when they feel the urge to eat. But what we're not understanding is that there's this three-step pathway that's happening before they ever get here. And that as soon as this pathway is initiated, it's impossible to stop it. So then what are we supposed to do? Well, logically, there's three different access points then to create a shift subconsciously, right? We could create a shift at the point at which we are attaching meaning to the situation. We could create a shift at the point in which we are thinking about the situation or we're attaching a belief about that situation. Or we could create a shift at the emotional point when we no recognize how this feels in our body, when we notice ourselves feeling a certain way physically, emotionally about what has just happened or the thoughts that we have had or the beliefs that we're thinking, right? So we don't have to just rely on looking externally to the, to the action that we're taking in order to cope and numb and escape this situation. In fact, we should be looking at accessing the meaning, the thoughts and the beliefs and the emotions with our mindset work in order to actually diffuse the entire pathway. Because what happens when we only stay at the decision stage, when we only give them strategies to help them make a better choice in that moment after they've been triggered, after this pathway has presented itself and has gone through its automatic motions in our brain, right? And made us want to make a certain decision. If we only focus here, then after they're done with us, even if they reach their goals, even if they feel better mentally temporarily, this pathway is still occurring. The situation is still triggering them, right? We're still attaching the same meaning. We're still having the same thoughts. We're still feeling the same emotions because this all happens automatically deep within our subconscious. So then, how do we create change here in step one, two, and three? The first thing to do is to help your clients become aware of the different points in this pathway before they make the decision to eat, okay? So when a situation arises that feels uncomfortable for them, what's going on around them? Who is around them? What are the thoughts that they're having about the situation? How are they relating to the situation? How does this make a difference in their life, positive or negative? And if they're perceiving it to be a negative experience, what's positive about it? Let's flip the perspective and let's give them new vantage points to explore. The second step is to create a conscious predetermined pattern interrupt. So just like you're talking to them about trying gratitudes or meditating or setting intentions for the day, we wanna have a very similar conversation, but instead of 
um, prescribing them strategies to help them make a better decision, we need to prescribe them strategies in order to interrupt this pattern, right? So once they're aware of the meanings they're attaching to the situation, the things that they're thinking, how their body feels, what their emotions are like, where they're feeling that those emotions in their body, we need to create a conscious pattern interrupt. The way that we do that is by hooking onto the words that they're using in order to describe what's happening and replacing those words with new, more empowering words. Language is massively powerful to attaching new meaning to what's happening around us. Just think about it. We don't know what something means to us if we don't have a word for it. Right? The color blue is not the color blue if we don't know to call it the color blue. Right? So if we attach a new word, a new language to the situation that's going on around them, we can create an access point for a new pathway to occur. The thing about it is this is very conscious in the beginning. They have to be very aware of when they're being triggered. They have to be very aware of the language that they're using. So step one has to be practiced before step two can be effective. And then step three is creating an intentional new pathway choice. So talking to them about it, when I feel triggered by X, I'm going to replace the way that I'm describing this to myself by cult saying X, Y, and Z, right? And then this is what I'm going to do instead of eating. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to journal. This is where some of those more external strategies can start to play a role, but it cannot be the first thing that they do. This has to be the third step to support the new pathway that they've created by first creating awareness around what's happening and by second, attaching a new meaning to what's happening so we open up access to that new pathway for these external strategies to play their role. Okay, so they are important. They're super powerful if used in the right sequence, but we can't skip over the first two steps or else it's just going to be a temporary shift that we're creating for them. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want more, I'd love if you'd subscribe to my show wherever you get your podcasts. Good karma points for also leaving a review while you're at it. And lastly, if you're looking to dive even deeper, you'll find a ton of free workshops, mini trainings, and the details on my mentorship program, Trigger Mapping, over at laurapobrin.com. See you next time.